Welcome to your new season. You are ready to begin with your new challenges and with a renewed focus and goals. So what's your plan? Have you taken the time to actually go to the drawing board and work out your upcoming creative strategy? If not, don't panic. In this edition of Go Creator Go, we unpack the blueprint to help you construct your next creative victory. I'm Antoine Bean. This is Go Creator Go. Let's do it. Everybody. Hello, hello once again. Welcome to the Go Creator Go Show. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. I'm Antoine Bean. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this journey with me as we go down this road, if you will, of creativity and understanding how Christian creators work and how we gather. Uh, when we gather, we create. That's what we do. Amen. So as a Christian creator, you have authority, you have power, you have abilities in Christ to create some amazing work. And that's where we come in. We want to help you on your journey. Uh, we want to help build you and we want to give you the tools necessary to take you into this new creative season so that you can be effective for the kingdom of God creatively. Amen. So God bless you guys. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for being a part of this journey. And we also want to welcome our newest addition, our newest addition to the Go Creator Go family, which is our new distributor. We are now with Amazon Music. Yes, Amazon Music. Hello, Amazon Music. God bless you. Hello, 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 Amazon. So uh, thank you so much for being a part of our journey and being a part of our tribe of Go Creator Go, the GCG family. And thank you guys again for supporting us on social media. Uh, for those who are looking for us, who are new to the uh, channel, who are new to the podcast, uh, you can find us on social media at Facebook and Instagram under Go Creator Go. And you can find us on Twitter. I know our Twitter has been a little inactive, but uh, we're going to get on that Twitter though. But Twitter is G Creator G. And also, if you want to know everything that's going on with me creatively, uh, the host Antoine Bean, if you want to check out what I'm doing as far as my books, my jewelry, uh, things that we're doing here at Triumph Media Works Studios, you can check all of that out at AntoineBean.com. Yes, AntoineBean.com. Yes, God is faithful. He's good. At AntoineBean.com, let me spell it for you. It's A-N-T-O-I-N-E, last name Bean, B-E-A-N-E. It's green bean, but with an E on the end. <laughs> so that's how my name is spelled. So it's AntoineBean.com. And on that site, I don't know if you heard last week's show, but we made the announcement that Go Creator Go now has a book. Yes, we have a book available now. It is available on Amazon.com. You can get it there. It's called Go Creator Go, 
activate your God-given creativity. It is a devotional dedicated to activating creative gifts in you as a believer. And even if you're new to Christ, it's a great learning tool for you to be able to get scripture and understanding and how it relates to your everyday walk. Amen. So, you know, God is he is amazing to where that's why he's so perfect. You know, he's just everything. He covers all the bases in the Bible. He covers your creativity. He covers you when you're hungry. He covers you when you're thirsty. He covers you when you're sick. He covers you when you have ideas and you don't know how to implement them. He covers leadership strategies, business ideas, business strategies and plans. You know, people uh, think the art of war is a great book and it is. It's a great book for strategy and understanding. Some people say the 48 laws of power by Robert Greene is a, is a really awesome book, which it is. Uh, no, no shade there, but nothing. And I repeat, nothing can top the strategies of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. That is the book for me. So that book gives strategy that nobody can touch. Nobody. The wisdom of God, even the foolish things of God, it tops the wisdom of man. So that's actually biblical. Uh, but God is not foolish. But I'm just saying that's in the word. That even He's so he's so wise. He's so intelligent. He's so incredible that even the foolish things that he comes up with <laughs> run circles around the wisest man on earth. So, uh, yeah, if you want wisdom, you want information, read your Bible. So that's a great segue into getting into the subject matter of what we're talking about today. Um, we, if you didn't know have just crossed over into a new year. I know you're saying, wait a minute, it's September, you know. <laughs> How is it a new year? Well, according to the Hebraic calendar, according to the Jewish calendar, uh, the new year actually took place last week. It took place last week, Rosh Hashanah. We entered the year 5781 and 5781. And so that is, according to the Hebraic calendar, that is where the new year begins. So uh, I'm not sure if you kind of look at this. If you're a business person, you probably know what I mean. But a lot of businesses right now, they're gearing up for next year for the, the Gregorian calendar, which is the traditional calendar that you that, that we follow, which is, you know, January to December. So uh, they're already think they're already projecting for 2021. They're already doing that. They're they're getting ready to close the books, literally, on 2020. Now, you know, and we, they're like, wow, I know people are like, man, we're, we're not even three months out from the, from the end of the year. Yeah, but it's coming up on holiday time. As a matter of fact, a lot of companies are starting to, you know, do their taxes, get their taxes ready for filing. They're getting ready for their projections for next year, what their budgets are going to be for 2021, uh, ideas and concepts they want to develop to launch for next year for promoting their brands, promoting strategies, expanding their corporations and businesses, consolidating their funds and resources, getting ready for that first quarter for 2021. They're getting ready to close the books on this year. So meanwhile, you're still, well, yeah, we got time. I got three more months. No, you have to think ahead. You have to plan objectively. And with your creativity, especially if you're using your creativity in the form of a business, you definitely need to think about the future and you need to plan ahead. You need to literally do as business does or corporations do. 
And now they go along with the Hebraic calendar. And I know you probably say, well, why is it that they do that? Why do they go along with the Hebraic calendar instead of the Gregorian calendar? I, I got a good answer for that. Because traditionally, a lot of the financial institutions uh, were at one time, I don't know if they still are now, it's more corporate than anything, but I know that at one time, a lot of traditional financial institutions were owned and operated by people of Jewish descent. So they went along with the Hebraic calendar because that was their life, that they, they, they were functioning operational Jews. So that was their holiday, that was their time. So they managed their business according to what God said, not necessarily what they felt like the world needed to do as far as the Gregorian calendar. They were like, hmm, we're doing this the Jewish way because this is the blessing. This is what we, this is what we know. This is what we do. <laughs> and so businesses just followed suit and they, and they saw the advantages of that by planning early and planning ahead for objective planning and thinking for the previous year. If you're three months, three and a half months ahead of your competition, you can't lose. You cannot lose. So following God, he provides strategy. He gives us insight. Amen. So he is our strong tower. He is our wise thinker. That's why I said the wisdom of God cannot be matched by man. It can't. Something as simple as just three and a half months ahead of time with your planning and scheduling puts you ahead of the curve. It definitely makes a difference. So think about that when you're doing your business. So creatively, if you are doing business where your creativity is, is that where you're making T-shirts or you're making jewelry or you're a painter or, you know, you're a designer, graphic artist or something like that, or even videography, filmmaking video, whatever, commercial work, music video work or whatever. If you're doing any of that kind of stuff, you want to think objectively about now, right now, and plan out now what 2021 looks like. What is that going to bring you? What would you like to see? What is it that you want to open the year with? And do it in quarters. Uh, you know, there, there, there are three quarters in the year. There's January through April, right? Then there's May through July. I think, yeah, well, it's four quarters. Yeah, if you split it up in three. So it's, so it's, and now I'm lost. So, so it's January, February, March, and April, right? That's quarter one, right? And then you've got May, June, July, and August, right? Then you got September, October, November, December, right? Three quarters, right? So that's how you have to look at it according to the Gregorian calendar. But if you notice, that split happens around the time of Rosh Hashanah at the end. So when you're coming up on that third quarter, if you look at it in threes, some people count it in fours. So they'll do it like January, February, March. Then they stop. Then they go April, May, June. Then they stop. Then they go July, August, September. Then they stop. Then they go October, November, December. So that's that's how most people do. But I'm, I'm talking about the traditional way. It's usually three quarters, but they go four. So you could go either way. And you either, and, it, and on both ends, it still splits at Rosh Hashanah. And, uh, <laughs> so you see how God's hand is still in it, right? So it's just consider doing business that way and watch the difference. 
right there with how you plan and how things are executed and how your performance goes actually up and your profits will increase and there'll be less stress of you having to cram at the end of the year to think of ideas and think of concepts all in the middle of the time where you're supposed to really be enjoying your family, relaxing, spending time with loved ones, winding down on the year, etc. Just really just enjoying your life. That's really what you should be doing. And if you really think about it, that's biblical as well, because, of course, God wants us to rest and he wants us to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Right. So what better way to do that than to take care of your business in September and then let the other three months literally sow it unto the Lord and watch him, you know, bless your life. So consider that. Now, that's like I said, part of the subject of what we're saying. Creative building and creative planning needs order. You need order. We talked about this before in previous episodes, but not to this degree. So right now, you should be mapping out, like I said, what 2021 looks like. And a way to do that is to do that through just like an architect would by building a blueprint, designing a format, a, a building plan of how you as a creative person need to operate flow and function for the next year, right? Sometimes even I've seen people map blueprints out for a couple of years, not necessarily just the year ahead. I've seen people map out long-term blueprint plans, like maybe three to five years. And then I've seen people do break down smaller blueprint plans within those plans, plans within plans, for per year or even plans in those plans of breaking it down per quarter. So it's just how detailed a lot of these ideas and goals and, and, um, and, 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 and points, you know, some stop points that they meet reach. It all depends on how deep you want to go with your planning and how precise you are with your plan and how much vision you have in the plan that you've been given. Right. So think about it in that perspective, you know, you're in a new season. So when you come up on a new season, most of the time, there are two things that you do. First, you reflect, you reflect on what you've just done or accomplished or what you didn't accomplish or what you missed. Then you think about, okay, this is what I need to do. And this is what I would like to do. New goals and new ideas. Right. And, and so with that, with new ideas and new goals, more than likely you get a new focus for it because most of the time, if it's something new, it's something that you've never done. So to do something you've never done, you have to tap into areas of yourself that you've never tapped into. And part of uh, building a blueprint and creating a, uh, a creative plan, it does that. It, it stretches you. But doing the work up front like that and mapping it out and, and, and really looking at the overall picture of it in the beginning, it takes away any kind of doubt. It cancels any kind of problems or situations. You can address it then instead of having to deal with it later. And it gives you a fresh perspective of it from, the, from that side. Because when we have an idea, sometimes ideas can be a little ambitious. Sometimes they can be really big. And then once we look at it and say, okay, let's really look at this. What will this take to get this done? 
then all the realism comes in. Then, then, then the, the, the euphoria kind of wears off and you're like, okay, this is going to cost this. I may have to hire this person. I may have to utilize this idea. I'm, I have to create this. I have to maybe get some more space. This space may be too small. So I got to look at moving. You know, I, is that something that's, that, is that choice worth me doing right now? So that's, it opens up those kind of questions. And that's the kind of pre-planning that you would take to before you, when you get to the drawing board of coming up with your ideas, coming up with your concepts and starting from literally ground zero, right? So that's why there's the importance of having wisdom as opposed to being smart. And now this is something that I think few people have ever touched on. Very few people have ever touched on this subject matter when it comes to this. There's a difference between being smart and being wise. You know, if, if you if you have an idea, some ideas are really just for the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like some ideas are like, oh, yeah, that that's cool to make some money really quick. Or that's something that we can do for, you know, for a season. And that's it. But some people come up with these smart ideas and try to make them last a lifetime. And they're not designed to do that. There, there are smart ideas and there are wise ideas, right? So what's the difference between uh, being smart and being wise? Well, for one thing, we have to know the meaning of, of each one. So to be smart means having or showing a quick-witted intelligence. <laughs> that means knowing things just in the moment of knowing them. It's like when you're a kid and you, and you have to pass a certain test, or when you're in college, there's a certain test that you need to pass and get and get this A in or whatever. You 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 study that information and you learn that information. You take that test, you pass it, and you'll never revisit that stuff again, never. And you come out really smart because you got like a 96 on it or whatever. Some of that information you may retain for life, some of it, but the majority of that stuff. No, not so much. You you won't even think about it anymore. <laughs> I guarantee you a lot of your trigonometry and your geography and your uh, Pythagorean theorem or what is theory or whatever you call it. You don't you don't know any of that stuff. So, but you but in school you did and you were good at it because you had to know it to pass it to, to get through that moment. But wisdom on the other hand is having or showing experience knowledge and good judgment it's the ability to recognize difference most smart people are not very wise take that guy uh uh neil degrasse tyson i think that's his name the the scientist very smart man very smart man he's got that science man to a to the letter he knows that stuff but he's not very wise because he's agnostic he's atheist he, he doesn't believe that god exists despite the fact that science, which is basically proving that something bigger than us actually exists, that God is actually real, proves it every moment, every day. He's like, no, nah, not so much. I, it's something bigger, but it ain't him. Well, how do you know that? Yeah, he, he's, he's wise. The Bible talks about, you know, being a fool, a wise fool. You know, the Bible mentions that a lot about being a wise fool. I'm not calling, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson a wise fool but you know if the shoe fits put it on but i'm saying <laughs> you know it, it it doesn't make sense to have all that that's those smarts when, you, when there's no wisdom there you know the fear of god the bible says is the is the beginning of wisdom 
he doesn't fear God. He has no fear of him. So he's not wise. Selah. All right. Another meaning for wise is having knowledge in a specified subject. Having knowledge. Now, not, like I said, not just knowing stuff, but having knowledge in it. You know, it's one thing to know what, uh, knowing how to make a film, but when you know the ins and outs of what it takes to make a film, what kind of people you need to cast for your film, what locations you need to make for your film, what type of film you need to use, if you want to use film or video, what kind of cameras you need to use, you know, what what genre works, you know, it it it's more than just knowing how to point and shoot a camera and then go to a computer and edit it. It's more than that. You know, a smart person knows how to do that. But a knowledgeable person, a wise person can make an incredible film. You know, a smart person can make Blair Witch Project. A wise person can make Star Wars. <laughs> that's somebody who knows how to tell a story. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's true wisdom, research, understanding, and respect for the art, for the craft. But if you're just making something just to make some money and a quick buck, there's no respect in that. You know, it's just, it's, it's just pointing and shooting. That's it. You know, it's easily forgettable, too. Most, most of those films are just very disposable. Even with the music, the music is probably the biggest example of that. You know, you listen to a lot of this music, man. It, it's so disposable. It was made by a couple of smart people who knew how to put things together. But they weren't wise in really knowing music, though. They, they, they're not engrafted in history of music, understanding of music. They probably can't even play an instrument. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, there's a difference there of recognizing, the, and recognizing that difference. And that's what, you know, wisdom is. Do you know how many times the word smart appears in the Bible? It, it doesn't appear at all in the Bible, in the original King James Version. Not once. The word wisdom, on the other hand, appears 367 times. 367 times. Wise appears 344 times. Even in other interpretations, the word wise only, I mean, the word smart only appears once. Only appears one time. I'll give it to you. Romans 11, 33 through 36. The message version. Check this out. I'm going to say it again. Romans 11, 33 through 36. Have you ever come on anything quite like this extravagant generosity of God, this deep, deep wisdom? It's way over our heads. We'll never figure it out. Confirmation of what we talked about earlier. Is there anyone around who can explain God? Watch this. Anyone smart enough <laughs> to tell him what to do? Anyone who has done him such a huge favor that God has to ask his advice. Everything comes from him. Everything happens through him. Everything ends up in him. Always glory. Always praise. Yes, yes, yes. Notice that the man of God uses the word anyone smart enough to tell him what to do. He didn't say wise enough because there's no wisdom in confronting God. You're not a wise person confronting God like that to try to think that you're smarter than him. <laughs> so take that, take that. So, yeah, so that, so you have to be wise when it comes to planning and it comes to, and when it comes to 
creatively getting yourself and your vision and your even your business in order for a successful campaign or a successful creative season. And the first thing that you need to do once you get all of those details and kinks out of the way of what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and the, the, initiative, the initiative of getting this thing going is you have to assess the cost. The Bible talks about that thoroughly, that you always have to assess the cost before you start something. You know, of course, you know, doing that when you're assessing the cost is more than just money. Way more than just money, guys. <laughs> Sometimes there, and a lot of times, well, I would say every time. Let's just let's just be real. Every time we have to assess the spiritual cost as well as the economic. How do I know that? Because we first of all need to know that it's from God. We need to know if it's from Him. Because everything we do, we do unto Him if we're believers. Everything we do, it needs to be done unto the Lord. We need to run it by him first. He's our CEO in life, especially if we have a business. He's our CEO. I've heard people, God is my CEO. Okay, well then take it to him. Take, take him every idea before you make any spending choices, before you do any trips, before, you know, is he really your CEO though? <laughs> you know, a lot of people say that, but do they really do that? You know, it's catchy on a t-shirt, looks good on social media, but, you know, that's part of it. You have to run that by him. There are some ideas I've given to the Lord. And God's like, no, not so much. There are some ideas that I'm like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and it, man, it would go, it would bottom out so quick. Or it came out like, oh, okay, it's doing all right. And then it would just fail. It would just fall on his face. It, it would. It would just crash and burn. It would. There are some ideas that are great, but it may not be the right season. Might not be the right season. I'll give you an example. So several years ago, I had this concept called Studio A. And Studio A was this idea that I wanted to do where I had it set up in a mall and I had a huge green screen. It was 10 feet by 10 feet. It was a huge green screen stand. And what people can do is they can come in, you know, stand in front of the the of the screen and I would film them and they, and, and I would put them in various backgrounds of their choosing. And then they could, you know, it's literally like an open air studio and there's a mic over their head and, and they're standing there and if they want to act like they're doing a Christmas cut, cause I only did it over the holiday season. So I said, well, I'm going to have this in the mall. I'm going to set it up to where people can just stand in front of it. And then I can have it like a snowy background or a log cabin or a snowman or Santa Claus or whatever. And they can, you know, do a holiday greeting. So it's like a video holiday greeting. Right. So I, I would do that and they would stand in front of it and do things like that. Well, I went to the Lord about it and I said, Lord, I, I, I got this idea. I want to, I want to, you know, do this. You know what I'm saying? I got this concept that I didn't hear anything. I hear nothing back from it. And I was like, okay, you know, I did a little fasting on it, prayed on it. You know, I did it, you know, I, I gave them a few days. I said, well, I haven't heard anything. And so the mall was on board with it. I had already pitched the idea to the mall. And so it was just an idea, you know what I'm saying? And, and the mall loved it. They were like, yeah, well, yeah, this is great. We'd love to do it. 
And so I was like, okay, well, the mom says, okay, but I need to hear from God. <laughs> Man, listen, that mall, I, I was making that mall sweat. And so um, I had a couple of meetings with them. I ain't heard nothing from the Lord. I ain't heard nothing. I kept going to them. You know, I was persistent. I just, I said, Lord, you know, I need to know what's going on now. Now, how many people out there know that God ain't going to move on your timetable? He's going to move on his. He's not going to just, he's not, oh, well, let me hurry up and answer you since the mall is calling you and responding. First of all, my first mistake was even, you know, talking to the mall about it. I should have just listened to God first and waited on him to answer and then came to him, to the mall people and say, okay, I got this idea. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear anything. So I said, okay, I'm going to give it a little more time. If I don't hear nothing, man, I'm just, you know, the malls, this could, this is an opportunity. Maybe God's testing me. Maybe I should just go for it. You know, you know, he, he's, you know, sometimes in some instances, God is waiting on us to act. Maybe, you know, maybe he's seeing it. Like, well, let me see if Antoine going to do this. And then, you know, I'll breathe on, I'll bless it. You know what I'm saying? But that's not really the case because, you know, though he honors some of uh, he do, he honors our decision. Don't get me wrong; he does honor our decisions. But when we say that he's the head of our business, though, when we declare that, we're making a vow unto him. And when we make a vow unto him, we don't want to break it. We want to stick with that. He could have just been testing us, testing me to see if I would stay with my vow of just saying, "Okay, I'm gonna see if he gonna wait." until I say something to him to say yes or no and before he acts. But I didn't do that. I went ahead and did it anyway because I was like, okay, well, maybe he's waiting on me. So I went ahead and did it. That holiday season, I came in there. It was – I came in the mall and set up. My first day was in October. It was in the middle of October. I think it was like October the 15th or something of that year. And I did it from October – to um the new year i mean i'm sorry christmas eve week the week of christmas eve because that i think that year christmas eve, christmas was on a saturday so it so christmas eve was on a friday so i did it until that friday you know how many people came to my business and solicited my business not one i got zero sales zero <laughs> not one and i was like this doesn't make sense i don't understand it like people would look at it and go man that's kind of neat and they just keep on walking but they not one person i i even went on television guys i went on tv and advertised it went on tv on television they were like man this is such a great idea i'm surprised nobody's done this yet man not one person <laughs> i got zero sales they, the mall promoted it. I, there were signs all over the mall. And this was a popular mall, too. In Memphis, this was a very popular one. It was very centrally located. It was right next to the, depart, the luxury department store, so getting people was not a problem. That place was packed. Not one person stopped for that service. Why? Well, I didn't seek the Lord like, I, like he wanted me to. I didn't seek, it, seek him properly. I didn't. I didn't seek him properly about it. So that's one reason why I'm doing this. It's to tell you guys the mistakes that I made 
<laughs> so you want to do that and you have to properly plan and assess the cost and going to the Lord about that is assessing the cost. Now here, now that's the spiritual aspect of assessing the cost. Here's the financial one. How much did it cost me with studio a? It really didn't cost me a whole lot. First, I already owned all of the equipment that I had. Like I, like all the, all the equipment that I have, I have a debt free business. I'm very blessed to say, Yes, that needs a round of applause. <laughs> that needs a round of applause. <laughs> I have a debt-free business. Praise God. So I, I owe no man nothing but to love him. Amen. So, and I'm not bragging. I'm saying that because as a business person, that's where you want to be. I had to plan to do that. That was something that I had to make a blueprint on of how to do things in order and in accordance to where what I do produces profits, even if it's a loss. It can produce some kind of profit for me. So even though Studio A did not work, I had profited from it through building relationships with a mall and with a mall system and building relationships with key people who were salespeople there and key people who were representatives at some of the stores, who some of them I still have relationships with to this day. So it it, it, it wasn't all the way a loss, but when it came to, the concept of how as a spiritual person, a spiritual leader and a spiritual person who has a business, a Christian who declares Christ as the Lord of his business, that wasn't the way that I should have done it. You have to assess the cost. Now, as far as financial loss, there was no financial loss, really. Like I said, I owned all of that. I really lost more time than anything. And time is money in business. It is. That was something else that I could have been doing. I could have been filming some weddings on those weekends, especially on those weekends. I could have been filming weddings and events on those weekends. I could have been filming my commercial stuff that I my corporate stuff through the week, you know, because I was actually manning the booth, you know, because I was still building at the time. So I didn't have anybody working for me then like I do now. So uh, it was very different then. I had to, I was a one man band. So me, I had to literally sit there for hours and just watch people go by, hand out flyers and, and get nothing. So, uh, yeah, I lost a lot of time and definitely lost other opportunities of productions that I could have been doing as a result of that. So yeah, there was a financial loss. So when you look at starting an idea or launching, uh, um, your, your, your vision, for you know your blueprint for creativity how what's the building process how does this work so let's go through the steps so far so what we did was we we reflected on where we've been we looked at the new idea and the new vision we took out all of the doubt we took out all of uh the the discrepancies that that could happen we uh, we looked at that we measured that and, t- and eliminated that. Then we assess the cost. We assess the spiritual cost as a believer. You know, does God say yes to this idea? Or is this something that, you know, he thinks it's for another season or whatever? We assess that. If he gives us the green light on that, gives us confirmation on that, i.e. through a prophet of God, i.e. through a scripture, i.e. through someone you know, uh, uh, well, I'll get to that part in a minute. Uh, I eat through, you know, a song or God has a lot of amazing ways of confirming his word through your pastor, through your leader. 
then and you assess the financial cost. What is the what is the what is the pay ratio here of me paying in and the profit ratio of me getting out? Once all of that is taken care of, another method, which I was about to say earlier, but I'm about to say now, <laughs> is seeking wise counsel. Seeking wise counsel. Find people who are in business that is either similar to yours or who have taken a risk like this or a chance like this or doing something different because congratulations, you're about to do something that's never been done before or it's been done before but not the way that you do it. So you have to seek out people that have been here, been to that place and done it. You know, they got the T-shirt, you know, they got the scars to prove it. So they'll let you know. And that's where people like me come in because, you know, that's the point of this podcast is to open up those doors and let you know, like, hey, this is what happened to me. (laughs) This is what you want to avoid, the do's and the don'ts. Now, these are the things that I should have done. And these are the things I wish I would have done. There are some there are some things that I that some business ventures that I've done. that I'm like, man, if I would have did that along with it, it would have boosted that incredibly, you know, and I would have, that would have went to a whole nother height, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's some things that, you know, you may hear from someone who, who you trust, who may have something to add to your idea that can really help it and really improve it. Or they could tell you something that you may need to take away something that you may need to subtract from it. They'll say, oh, that idea sounds really great, but I don't like this part. You might want to take that out because people aren't going to be able to get that or they may not even afford it or or you're giving away too much for the cost. You may need to, you know, raise this price, et cetera. You know, things like that. So that could be where wise counsel comes in. Another thing that wise counsel does too is that it confirms your vision and the idea, your creative process. It confirms it. You know, having somebody to say, you know what, that's a great idea. You should do that because I can see you doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that. And they, and then you, while they're saying that, you're like, wow, they're totally reading my mail because this is what I wanted to do from the beginning. So, yes, this is great. You know, uh, this is what I want to do. So that's how that is confirmed and that's how that happens through wise counsel amen amen seek wise counsel and somebody that you trust uh somebody that you trust to tell your idea to that won't steal it i can't tell you how many times that's happened to me not that i was a poor judgment of people but you have to be careful with who you tell because not everyone has your best interests not every you know there's some people they there's some people i mean money makes a difference in some relationships, especially opportunities when they see like, hmm, you know, sometimes they don't care how close of a friend they are to you. They will, they'll snake you. So you have to be really careful with who you share that with. And again, going to the Lord, uh, ask God to give you a circle of people that you can trust and a circle of people that got your back and not just business, but in, in, not just when you're successful, but when you fail too. It makes the world of difference. It makes a world of difference. Okay. Now, building the actual blueprint. Now that you've gotten all of that squared away, you've worked the kinks out, you've taken away the do's and the don'ts, you've taken away the doubts, you've assessed the costs, you've gotten it okay from God, you've talked to people of God who've confirmed it, everything points to do this. 
Now it's time to build the blueprint. So having an effective plan, having an effective visual plan works. I cannot tell you how seeing it is believing it. It really is when it comes to uh, mapping out plans and objectives. The Bible talks about this quite a bit, quite a bit. Uh, that's why I said, you know, wisdom is what you need more than anything when it comes to structuring plans. I'm going to read a couple of uh, of scriptures. And speaking of scriptures, I'm going to talk about assessing the cost. Let me give you the scripture that God says that the Bible says about assessing the cost. This is Luke 14 verses 28 through 30. Luke 14, 28 through 30. Check this out. This is NIV. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish, ooh-wee, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. For the love of James Brown, guys, please, please finish what you start. I'm going to leave it there. Finish what you start. Whenever you make a vow to yourself, not just to God, you really need to finish. Because as a, as a creative, there is nothing uh, more defeatist than, than, than not finishing something that your heart desires to do. I'm telling you, it, it takes the wind out of your sails. Please finish what you start, guys. You need that assurance. God did not give this to you for you to fail, to drop off, to just let it be. He wants you to succeed. Please finish what you start. Okay, so here's some more building stuff for you. This is 2 Chronicles 2.5. A house which I'm about to build will be great, for greater is our God than all the gods. Yeah, isn't that good? 1 Kings 6, 11, 14. The word of the Lord came to Solomon as for the temple you are building. If you follow my decrees, observe my laws, and keep all my commands and obey them, I will fulfill through you the promise I gave to David your father, and I will live among the Israelites and will not abandon my people Israel. So Solomon built the temple and completed it. Finish what you start because God will bless it. Selah. God will bless what you finish, guys. He will bless that thing for real. He will bless it. First Peter 2.5. You also, as a living stone, are being built up as a spiritual house for, my, for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So even as you build, God builds you. That's what that says to me. That's why I said you'll be blessed as you build, especially when you finish. We are all works in progress. That's what that means. Being built up in God is literally like a, like a house. God designed a blueprint on you when he created you in heaven, when he literally mapped out your life. That's all a blueprint. He's, you're going along and following that. And that's, that's amazing. That just shows you how intricate God is with us. You know, I can go on and on about these scriptures and I might give you a few more, but I'm just going to break down how to how how to build an effective plan and carry out your creative godly assignment here. Let me let me tell you my testimony real quick. So 
part of that, to me, when it comes to building the blueprint, along with, of course, your spiritual foundation, is research. You have to research, guys. Research, research, research. Knowing and mastering your subject matter makes you effective in business and in life. You know, I have a couple of businesses, but one of the key businesses that people recognize me for is the media side. You know, doing media, whether it be uh, from billboards to business cards, amen, from YouTube to IMAX. I literally have worked on all of that stuff. I'm not exaggerating. So every time I map out what I'm going to do, I always research first. The first thing I do before I really, before I even start, you know, once everything is planned out and once, as I'm building the plan itself, I'm researching to see what effective parts could work for me in certain seasons of time. Because if you, if you're doing a business where you literally see it all in front of you, all of the outcomes that could be, it's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming that you wouldn't even be, you wouldn't even know where to start and therefore you wouldn't start. So find a place of where you want to start. This is where, and there are two places that you need to look at where, where you want to start, where you want to end. Your, your role is filling in the middle. God has already shown you what it is. Most of the time when God shows you, he always shows you the end. He'll show you the reward. He'll show you that all day. He'll show you the victory. <laughs> He'll show you standing there getting the award. He'll show you standing there receiving the check. He'll show you standing there getting the prize. He'll show you getting the keys or whatever. But the trick of it is, <laughs> is the filling in part of what you have to do in between. You know what I'm saying? You know that you're supposed to be a filmmaker. You know you're supposed to record this song. But then he'll show you the premiere night of the film or he'll show you the Grammy in your hand, you know, well, how do I get there? That's the question. And that's the part that you have to go to God about in prayer and map out the plan. Right? So after you, when you do your research and once you get your research, find your niche, find your hook of how you're going to get started and where you're going to go in at. And to physically put that plan in motion one program, this is a program that you can use, and it's such a blessing to me, and it's something that I used to write everything down freehanded, which is nothing wrong with that, but sometimes you need stuff a little more efficient because a lot of times it's going to be more than just you looking at it. So you need to do something effectively to where you can print it out and give it to your team because God is in the season now, uh-oh, God is in the season now where he's building teams with us. He's building teams. He's building people that can be blessings to our visions and plans and what he has for us because we we don't have time to waste. Time is time, man, time is moving. So God is putting people in place to be a blessing to you. Amen. I decree that over your life. Well, one program that you can use to do that is Google. Google has a gajillion programs that, that are free that can help you build your blueprint. And one of them is called Google Draw. Google Draw is located inside of Google Drive. And what Google Draw does, it creates what is called a flowchart through sh using shapes, 
and using arrows and lines to structure a laid out plan, physically laid out plan of how your stages go in. It's, it's really cool to see. And it looks like a blueprint, actually. This, the, the, the page is gridded and you can put these circles in there and the arrows point to the squares and the ovals point to the triangles and the rectangles point to the octagons. And it's really, really neat. And, it's, and you can color code it and it's all laid out and you can map it out in sequences to where this is phase one, this is phase two, this is phase three, etc. And map it out. Once you use utilize some of these programs, another program that you can use to plan Monday.com. I'm giving free advertising <laughs> Monday.com. Monday.com is one of the best planners that you can ever use. I mean, Monday.com just gives so much reference points of organizing your thoughts and organizing structure of your planning um, schedule. It's really, really cool. It really works. Another one is Slant. Slant is another good one. A lot of you guys are probably using that already. And even Monday.com, and if you're in corporate in the corporate world, you can use um, Monday.com and Slant are really, really good uh, areas to do that. It's, and it also works great for communication to your team, and you can use that as well. But it's really, really great. But Google, though, Google has great resources, and Google Draw is, another, is the best way to do it. I got all of this information off of YouTube, YouTube University, YTU. So yeah, <laughs> YTU, man, YouTube, man, you can learn everything on there. And within minutes, I was making flowcharts. I was literally building flowcharts when I discovered, I had discovered Google Draw before, you know, I didn't look on YouTube for that. I literally uh, worked with a guy who was using uh, flowcharts there through um, Google Draw and they were really cool. And within minutes, I was doing it. So I was like, wow, this is really neat. And uh, you can do it. But I wouldn't necessarily try to do it on my phone, you know, perhaps on an iPad or, or a tablet, or but definitely on a desktop. But I wouldn't do it on my phone. But you can see it on your phone. It looks amazing, you know, when you send it to people and do it like that. But, yeah, do it that way and build your flow charts and get a physical blueprint in place and do it right so that's how you build your creative blueprint then you get a schedule once you get that schedule going work it through the quarter system you can make that thing happen and get that thing going and get it scheduled and stick with that schedule be faithful to that schedule and make it a realistic schedule you know a lot of people do these over-the-top uh, uh, objectives and it burns them every single time. It, 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 it messes them up big time. And uh, it's just a mess. It, it really is. It always catches them. And then next thing you know, they lose, they lose wind out of it. And it serves as a distraction. That's a done deal. It's, it's gone. It, it, it doesn't work. So keep a schedule with your blueprint, with your plan, and get someone to hold you this is probably the most important part because the blueprint and the schedule is going to hold you accountable but you need a person that's going to hold you accountable that is probably next to god himself your best asset is that faithful person that's going to say 
that's going to know your earmarks of your schedule and it's going to say, hey, did you do such and such and such and such today? Did you do your posting today? Did you write your chapter today? Did you record your podcast today? Did you write down your journal today? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? So, yeah, you want to have that. That, to me, is the most important part next to, like I said, God himself. My accountability partner is my wife. My wife, I'm telling you right now, my wife keeps me in check. <laughs> my wife will tell me in a heartbeat, hey, did you write that today? Did you post this on social media? Did you do your pocket? Did you record? If I don't do that, she's like, okay. You know, and once I hear that, I'm like, oh, I feel two inches tall. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to get busy. <laughs> and and what's so funny is, is that God will confirm what your accountability partner will tell you. Cause my, I'm telling you, man, the few times, the very few times that, that, that has happened to me, God has always confirmed to me. I'll listen to a sermon and I'll, on YouTube or something while I'm working and and he'll say, you know, the, the man of God will say, and why haven't you, why are you sitting on that idea? Why haven't you started working yet? And I'm like, oh man, did you, what, how did we get here? <laughs> and I, I, I instantly put that on pause and I'm like, okay, I'm finna go right now. You know, <laughs> I hear you, Lord. I hear you. You know, that's one thing about me. You don't have to tell me more than once when God says, hey, I need you. OK, you just have, you don't need to tell me more than one time. I get it. I get it. You ain't got to whoop me. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go, Lord. I don't need I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm obedient. <laughs> so, yeah. So get you an accountability partner. OK, so here's some more scriptures to support what we're talking about here. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. God's building. See, God is always building on us. Remember, he's always building on us. God builds in us, and then we build in the earth. That's how it flows. God, it starts from heaven, and it comes to earth, right? Uh, as on earth as it is in heaven, you know, that's, how that, that's what that means. Proverbs 24, 3. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. Amen. I think that <laughs> that right there personifies everything that we're saying. You know, we, you have it takes wisdom to build anything. It really does, especially something effective. It, it takes it takes wisdom to build that. And by understanding it's established. That's why you have to research. That's why you have to know what you're talking about and what you're building. It's like making a, it's like opening a pizza place and you don't know anything about dough. You don't know anything about sauce. You don't know anything about Italian culture or food. You don't know anything about how pizza, the popularity, what type of pizzas work, what type of pizzas sell, what type of pepperoni do you need? I don't know any of that stuff. All I know is that all that stuff tastes good. <laughs> so that's the reason why those individuals specialize in it. They did the research. They have the receipts. They know what they're doing. People are, that's why you have to be a professional. People are professional, right? Right? So uh, Nehemiah 2.18, I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me and also about the king's words with which he had spoken to me. Then they said, watch this, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. A unified team that believes in your vision is part of building your blueprint. This is the last point, guys. Having somebody to hold you accountable is great, but you can't do it all by yourself. 
It's not designed that way. It's designed for you to have an idea and get a team of people to help you manifest it. You look at Jesus and the disciples. He came down here with a plan and a blueprint. He got 12 men and they changed the world in three years. Now that's a plan. (laughs) That's incredible, right? You want to have that same effect in the earth and you can. God has actually blessed you with that to go and create and develop ideas and concepts and structures and blueprints even that can really shape and structure our world. God gave you that ability to do that and glorify him all at the same time. Amen. Amen. I pray this blessed you on today. And I pray that uh, your idea that you have or that you've been tinkering with having, that you take it to the Lord, get confirmation, and start building. Amen. Amen. In conclusion, having a blueprint is essential for building. Mind you, I didn't say for success. I said building. The success of what you're building is determined on God and your faith. The blueprint is the plan God has put in place for you to complete the assigned task of building. The goal is to stay with the building plan and the blueprint holds both you and your plan accountable. Now, as far as success for the project itself goes, I think people as a whole concern themselves way too much on that aspect more than actually building. How can you measure the success of something you haven't given your focus on building yet? You must believe that what you are assigned to build will work and leave the success part to God. After all, no one wants to fail. But if you're building just on the merit of being successful, is it for the kingdom or is it for you? Don't fall into this trap of distraction. That's one of the main reasons why God calls us to pray and assesses the cost and risk before we start. God honors and blesses a skilled planner. Remember, you have purpose as a creator, and God wants to make use of it to not only be a blessing for you, but to help move his kingdom forward through you. I want to take this time to call you to Christ. If you are someone who is searching for God and wanting to build a relationship with him, connect with a Bible-based church and Bible-based believers and tell them your story. Tell them your testimony and how you desire to want a closer relationship with God. If you receive Christ, if you confirm that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the Lord of your life, that he died on the cross for your sins and rose again for you to have eternal life. If you say that out of your mouth and declare that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. The next step after that is to connect with Bible-based believers and a Bible-based church. There are tons of amazing ones online because of the lockdown, of course, but there are even more churches that are available in person that are taking limited access. So go there, join these churches, connect with these ministries, and find your relationship with God. I want to pray for you guys for a successful creative plan. Father, I thank you for these amazing creators. I thank you, God, for who you are in this place of creativity, in this time of of creativity and decision and building. Father, I thank you that you bless them, Father, with blueprints and concepts and ideas that can change the world and turn it upside down for your glory. That, Father, these ideas are manifesting souls for the kingdom. And these these ideas are bringing forth new thoughts and new 
ideas and vision and structures to build your kingdom and to push it to new levels and to raise it to new heights. Father, bless them that they may prosper because your word says that you will bless the work of their hands. And Father, that you will bless them, Father, abundantly and more than they can ever ask or imagine. And Father, I cancel any demonic assignment that tries to come against them or any negative situation that tries to come at them because of their decision to rededicate their businesses, their visions and plans to you. We cancel any assignment that tries to hinder them or block them or choke out any concepts or ideas that you, Father, have given them that they may doubt or think that it may not work, Father. Give them confirmation that their idea will be successful and that it will work for your glory and it will be a blessing to them and their family for many generations. I pray that, Father, they, they receive a harvest from their work because your word says that what we sow, we reap. And Lord, I ask that you bless them, Father, to be prosperous in the land, to be prosperous in a time where many people aren't. But God, you show them favor. You bless the work of their hands and you bless their insight and their vision, Father, to where it, it becomes a blessing for them for generations to come. And let them in turn, be from, because of the blessing that they receive from you, be swelled with a spirit of gratitude and share their blessing with other people. Share their resources with others that aren't as fortunate. Father, I thank you that they bless your church, that they bless their communities, and that they bless your people. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for this amazing time in God. I thank you, God, for this show. Amen. And I thank you for joining me for another episode of Go Creator Go. Next week, we got a really awesome show planned. Don't forget, guys, the book is available now at AntoineBean.com. You can go to AntoineBean.com and pick up the book, The Go Creator Go Devotional, Activating Your uh, God-Given Creativity. And also there's a journal available as well. It's called Go Creator Go, Journaling Your God-Given Creativity. So if you want to uh, do your initial planning before you get to your blueprint, you can do that in this book, and it's really cool how it's structured. So what you do is you put your idea in the center, and then you write the supporting ideas around it, and you map out everything and get rid of all of the doubts and all of the, the very pre-pre-pre-stages. It starts in this journal, and you go ahead and just take all this stuff away of the things that, that, that you don't need and the things that you want to add to it. And once you get everything in place, then you can structure it and get your blueprint started and get your flow charts ready. Amen. So God bless you guys and pick those up at AntoineBean.com. I will have the scriptures to support this, uh, this episode in the description box below. God bless you guys. And you guys have an amazing week. I love you guys with the love of the Lord. Until next time, peace. Creator Go is recorded at the Triumph Media Works Studios in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, check out Triumph Media Works at triumphmediaworks.com. Also, follow us on social media at Go Creator Go on Instagram and Facebook and G Creator G on Twitter. 
And to order our book, Go Creator Go, Activating Your God-Given Creativity and Journal for Journaling Your God-Created God creative creativity, go to AntoineBean.com. Again, for the journal and book, go to AntoineBean.com. God bless you guys. I will see y'all next week. Peace.